everyone. This is Amy Lee San Juan here to welcome you back to another fantastic episode of Cisco Champion Radio. Today we're talking about AI endpoint analytics with our Cisco expert Harry and our Cisco Champion hosts Ben, John, and GJ. We're going to start with a round of introductions and then we're going to have Harry provide a bit more detail around today's topic. All right, let's get to it. Okay, Harry, we'll start with you. Can you introduce yourself and what it is you do at Cisco? Thanks, Emily. It's great to be here with Cisco Champions. I'm Hari Horla, Hari underscore Horla, it's double L, at Twitter. I'm a product manager within the Cisco's Security Policy and Access Group. My team owns the Cisco's Identity Services Engine, ICE, and a bunch of security applications on the Cisco DNA Center. I've been with Cisco for over 13 years now, and for more than half of it, I've been focusing on the identity-based networking and access control solutions. I'm working with many enterprise customers globally to understand their evolving security needs and building solutions for them. I'm really excited today to talk to GJ, Ben, and John about the Cisco AI endpoint analytics solution. Over to you, Emily. Who goes next? That would be Ben. Ben, tell us about yourself. Hi, my name is Ben Story, and I'm a senior network security engineer at Red Eye Networks. I'm dealing a lot with healthcare still, uh, and you can find me on Twitter at ntwrk80 or on my blog at packetforwarding.com. John, you're up next. Okay, hi everyone. My name is John. I'm going to be at the I work at 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 the bank, First Bank Nigeria, as a network security analyst responsible for uh, security end-to-end, uh, endpoint, firewalls, umbrella, other uh, other security stuff. You can find me at, on Twitter at Responficient as R-E-S-P-O-N-F-I-C-I-E-N-T-1-1. Nice. GJ, who are you? What do you do? Hi, my name is Gert-Jan de Boer. In short, I go by GJ because my name is unpronounceable to non-Dutch people. <laughs> <laughs> I work for a Dutch reseller, Azu, as a CTO, uh, and we specialize in networking and security uh, exclusively. Nice. Sounds like I did a great job and pulled all the right folks together. Good job, Amy. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Harry, set us up here. What are we talking about today? Um, yeah, Emily, let me set the stage. Um, first off, this session is a continued discussion on the AI endpoint analytics topic that was aired on August 3rd. Cisco fellow JP Bajor and Cisco champions Peter and Shai discussed broadly about the applicability of AI in the networking world. Today, I'll go deep on the AI endpoint analytics solution. Right. So let me get started. Let me give a quick background on what the solution is. Um, now... Let's, let's just imagine, let's imagine that we are in a post-COVID era and we are all traveling again. Who wants to travel? Everyone wants to travel, right? That'd be nice. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, imagine that you are in a remote, beautiful city somewhere and you just checked into a hotel. As you stepped into that place, the staff recognize that you are a premium member. They have a profile on you that tells all the details, such as your age, your room preference, your dietary restrictions, and more. So based on the profile, you're given a room of your choice. When you order food from the room or the restaurant, 
you're given a list of options based on your food preference. You go to the executive lounge in the evening, which is protected from public access. Same goes with the gym and other facilities. So essentially, knowing your identity enables the hotel staff and their system to offer you personalized, differentiated, and secure services. Now think about your network. It's a platform that connects users and devices on one end and applications on the other end. If you know who or what is connecting your network, you can, like the hotel scenario, offer more personalized and secure services to them. As the saying goes, you can't protect what you cannot see, and more and more enterprises, as we hear, are struggling from gaining the full endpoint visibility. Cisco AI Endpoint Analytics Solution is here to address that need. It is a new profiling solution from Cisco that leverages network-native deep packet inspection service and other techniques to analyze and build detailed endpoint profiles. Similar endpoints are grouped using artificial intelligence and machine learning techniques. The end result is you'll know what's out there in your network with all the necessary details with high efficacy. Now that's about the problem and the solution in a high level. Let me see if the problem resonates with you. So yeah, let's let's open up for questions. Like, does it does do you see this kind of a problem, and are, are you seeing more and more devices being connected to your network? What type of devices do you see in your network? Who who goes first? I just have to comment, Harry. That visualization exercise totally relaxed me, and it re- made me realize how much I miss traveling. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so that was fantastic. Yeah. So what do you think? Do you do you think that this is this is a problem that you're all seeing? DJ Ben John. Yeah, for sure. We've been trying to make the invisible visible in networks for years, right? So we've yep. uh, we've got the the ICE profiling solution. Like the, this is a an upgrade of that, or is this a separate product? Uh, yeah. Thinking of ICE profiling is a very good starting point to understand uh, AI endpoint analytics. The goal is very similar to provide endpoint visibility. What endpoint analytics does is it it takes the idea of ICE profiling to the next level. ICE profiling today relies on a bunch of profiling probes such as CDP, LLDP, DHCP, and others, as you know, GJ. And it it classifies classifies the endpoints based on static rules, right? So we do have static rules that says, how do I increase my certainty factor based on the more and more information that I see about the endpoint? The endpoint analytics solution, yeah, go go ahead, GJ, sorry. It's it's based on human intelligence rules, right? Exactly. That's that's part on. So it's it's based on human intelligence static rules, right? So the endpoint analytic solution goes a little deeper, uh, inspecting thousands of protocols to learn about the endpoint. It it uses integrations with other other services like you know ServiceNow CMDB, and it also leverages machine learning services to dynamically classify and group endpoints, right? And lastly, well. When you, you talked about ICE profiling, ICE profiling happens on ICE, of course, and endpoint analytics service, you know, is an application, is a security application on the Cisco DNA center, right? So that's, there's a little bit of positioning as well, like, you know, where, which solution fits. So that's, that's a bit of a difference and similarity when compared to the ICE profiling service that you already know of, GJ. Yeah, so it's more integrated within the network, right? Like uh, the ICE profiling is bolted on top of it. and Exactly. So it is very tightly integrated 
with the, the networking and the ICE services. So whatever the endpoints that we classify, we group on the endpoint analytics solution on the DNA center, all of those will be automatically be available on ICE so that you can see them, you can apply policies for them, and you can enforce enforce those policies. Uh-huh. So this sounds a lot, a lot uh, like cer- certain other products in the in the market, you know, Order, Zingbox, Hermes, um, etc. How how is this mm-hmm. different? Ben, that's a great question. Like you know, that that kind of really puts us in the spot. Like you know, that where the solution is really fitting, right? So. Broadly speaking, this this solution is pretty similar because you know we we do DPI, we use uh, machine learning and AI solutions, which most of those you know products that you mentioned also leverages. But there are a few uh, critical differences where we really stand out, right? So um, first of all, you know in terms of deep packet inspection, where does it happen, right? So in in our case, um, we we in in most of our customer environments, we have thousands of our devices. You know, which which can perform deep deep packet inspection, which is the network devices, which is your catalyst switches and wireless devices, right? So if you have a catalyst 9000 series uh, switch uh, or a wireless device, you know, just by upgrading the software, you should be able to um, implement the deep packet inspection capabilities. Now, when you think of the other services that you just spoke about or the third-party solutions, uh, you'll need to really you know deploy a bunch of overlay boxes. You need to run a bunch of span sessions and everything in order to unlock that capability, right? So that's that's first thing. The second thing, <clears throat> I'm not trying to brag here, but Cisco Ice has you know more than forty thousand customers. You know one of the largest NAC solution in the market, and about sixty percent of our customers use the profiling services. So we do have visibility into the the kind of customers, the kind of devices that they have in their environments, which helps us to build, you know, better signatures and better definitions for you to be able to automatically identify the endpoints in the network. And the last piece is, it's not just about endpoint visibility, right? It's just a starting point. So we want to think beyond endpoint visibility. That's where our solution again stands out. So we have, a, as I've said, seamless integration with eyes uh, from endpoint visibility or endpoint analytics, you know, we move on to policy analytics, try to understand what these endpoints or how these endpoints transact in the network. And from there, we can derive policies and we can create segmentation policies and enforce those policies and we can monitor them in, on a continual basis. So it's, it's endpoint visibility is a starting point, but there's a, there's a full lifecycle management around what you want to do with it visibility, right? So that's that's how I would say, Ben, the, the solutions, you know, kind of, match or differ when compared to the other solution that you just mentioned okay thanks for explaining that yeah mm-hmm. so uh so i mean like I, I would like to know i mean you said ai i mean how exactly does the ai parts play so i mean i would expect that there will be less uh network administrators doing much uh since it's since they are leveraging on artificial intelligence so what exactly is the value ai is bringing and in terms of the workload on the network admin, I I mean I would like to know would there, would there be a drastic reduction on what the network admin needs to do? Okay, so that's that's another interesting question, John. Um, now the thing is, from a network administrator perspective, we don't need to be a data scientist in order to manage or run the solution, right? So don't don't be concerned about it. Um, all of the the technology, what we have, you know, we have jumped on the bandwagon and we are trying to provide the best of breed solution for our customers. But it doesn't mean that, you know, we are kind of um, 
manifesting any of these complexities or the advanced uh, or sophisticated technologies to you right so for you it's all intuitive you know it's a simplified user experience you know what we offer from from our user user interface now when it comes to let's say machine learning like now let's see how does that work right so machine learning typically kicks in when you have unknown endpoints like let's say that you know we do have deep packet inspection we have a bunch of integrations and we're trying to understand what those endpoints are but you still couldn't understand what it is that's when ml ml kicks in the ml service it it clusters all of the unknown endpoints based on over 250 different attributes it finds all the endpoints that are of the same type and proposes these endpoints you know for you you know to classify it says like you know th- this these endpoints form a cluster so once you you know start looking into those clusters and and you start giving labels to them the the ml service will start crowdsourcing it and gives you suggestions on type of the devices that are being classified so you can manage all of these as i said uh, through using an intuitive wizard uh, that creates the set of underlying rules automatically so you don't need to really go under the hood and you know do a lot of work you know so all of this are are automated for you and that's the reason why we're using some of these sophisticated technologies in order to simplify our option so i mean mm-hmm. like you know you know in today's in today's reality we basically connect to the network using either wired wireless or vpn mm-hmm. uh, i mean in today in today's uh, corona reality there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff happening on on the vpn edge so how exactly can can ai endpoint analytics help, particularly in this new reality of when we have like i mean like in in our in our environments now you have over half the workforce or working mm-hmm. from home or connect or connecting with with devices and especially are not domain devices devices because work needs to continue right so so people are just working and and I'm sure is the same reality in in a lot of in a lot of organizations so how exactly can ai uh, endpoint analytics help in this new reality of working from home yeah that's that's a great point so we are sitting at the at our homes and we are talking about a solution you know which which typically works on a wired or wireless network is 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 your concern right now a couple of things here one firstly you know we we don't need to look at this solution in in isolation you know this solution you should look at it in conjunction with ice you know typically because you you want to gain endpoint visibility and then you want to be able to use that visibility to do you know a policy enforcement right so you should always look at it together now when it comes to remote offices or remote work scenario um there are a couple of ways how we see customers are connecting to the enterprise networks like right? one is as you said you know just have an internet connectivity have a vpn agent you know vpn back to the to the office and and connect to the network right so that's one of the ways and if you are going down that route then the any connect agent that you have on your endpoint that has that that can you know share the necessary telemetry about the endpoint information to to the services like ice and say like you know this is you know a windows and a mac device you know this is the operating system level patch level whatever it is and you know we can use that to say okay this user with this device type you know coming through vpn what should be the level of network access now we have also seen you know in in these days a lot of our customers use our um, office extended networking capabilities or technologies like you know we do have an access point or a wireless solution where you can have in a wireless access point in your home uh, which essentially broadcast couple of ssids one is your local ssid of your home and there's another ssid of your office 
So you can connect your offices society right from your home and you can work as if you're in the office, right? So we do have that kind of a technology today and we are seeing a lot of adoption because of uh, the current COVID scenario. And when you think of that, you are on a wireless network, right? You're on a wireless network as if you're in the home and we can implement or use the same technology to understand what type of devices you bring. You know, are you just connecting your office laptop or are you connecting, um, you know, your Xbox or many other <laughs> devices in your home, right? So that we can, we can gain visibility into it and, and decide to whether allow or deny those, those devices in the network. <laughs> <laughs> so you were talking about, uh, uh, about using the AnyConnect agent. Uh, mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of agents uh, within the Cisco ecosystem like for example M4 Endpoint that's able to uh-huh. give you great insight in clients mm-hmm. is that something that you're looking at taking information from other systems and inserting that uh, yes certainly yes um, we the, the solution as I've said you know we're going to look at some of the capa- native capabilities that we can pull information like DPAC and inspection and pull the information from there. The And the other thing comes from the bunch of integration that we can do. So it could be AMP, it could be with the, uh, the uh, MDM vendors. You know, I'm sure we will be using some MDM vendor um, and MDM vendors can give us a lot of information about the mobile devices, like in a lot of details, like uh, what's the IMEI number, the hardware serial number, the make and model, and even if the spin locked or jailbroken, there's a lot of context. The idea is to kind of create a sort of a context lake and really get all of the data you know, together in one place so that you can go and use that information to, to make sense out of it. And then go and say, oh yeah, um, all of these devices of a particular type or category with a specific security profile, what should be the level of access for it versus not, right? So that's that's what we are intending to help you with. Yeah. So does this also mean you're able to use it in a mixed vendor environment or? Yes, yes. Um, the, you know, the solution works well if it's a completely a Cisco network environment. Like for example, I said, when we think of deep packet inspection, um, your Catalyst 9Ks will will do the deep packet inspection, right? So you, you don't need to really set up a bunch of overlay boxes in, in your network. Having said that, if you want to go and implement this in a, in a third-party network, let's say that you know for some reason you have a, a part of your network where you have third-party switches or wireless devices, and you have endpoints connected there. So what do you do, right? So we have a new box, you know, which which is based on iOS XE, you know, which is the same form factor as as your you know switch or a Catalyst switch or an, an ASR router. It's the same size and form factor, and this will do something very similar to what we have in the industry, right? So we can feed in a span traffic to it on one end, and other than it generates a telemetry. The same telemetry, what a CAT9K would generate. So you can feed the same, all this telemetry to the, the DNA center, and the DNA center would, would process it and provide you the endpoint visibility. And this new appliance is called the Cisco DNA Traffic Telemetry Appliance, or in short, we call it as TTA, right? So this is, um, you know, plug and play model, you bring it in your network, DNA center automatically identifies it and, and pushes the configuration, manages it. You know, it's, it's completely managed from the DNA center, even though it's a it's a box out there in your network. Does it help, GJ? Uh, yeah, it does. It sounds mm-hmm. really great. So, so what do you need to start with? Yeah, so what do you need to start with? Like, it all depends on what you want to do with the solution. Like, you know, what's your... In a problem space, what what are you struggling with today? Now there are there are 
different type of customer that we encounter, right? So there are some customers who really don't have a very good endpoint visibility solution at all. And there are some customers who have our eyes and they see that, you know, there are some part of their network, the, the same type of endpoints are sort of uh, unknown when it's not classified well in eyes, right? So that's that's another type of customers that we see. Um, and there are some customers who have um, who have a DNA center which they are using for other capabilities what DNA center provides like assurance and automation. And they want to kind of extend, you know, the capability and want to see like you know, what else they can unlock, right? So it all depends on what is that you're really trying to do, GJ. And based on that, you know, it, it would vary. Like, for example, if we just cared about endpoint visibility and uh, if you want to use deep packet inspection-based visibility, then, and, and if you have Cat9K, so like there, there's a lot of, you know, combination here, right? Then yep. you, you're good with, with a bunch of Cat9Ks uh, and the DNA center. That's it, because you, you have the telemetry coming from the Cat9K and uh, the DNA center receives it and provides you the endpoint visibility. And as you said, you know, if it's a third-party network and if you don't have a cat name case out there, then we can layer on top of it. We can layer the traffic telemetry appliance and we can feed the telemetry to the DNA center. So that's how we can start getting endpoint visibility. And then you can hook in a lot of other stuff, like you, know, you can connect your ServiceNow, CMDB. You can also do some MDM integrations. You can do some third-party integrations, whatever you, you feel that you, know, you want to kind of ingest more and more to get better understanding. Um, as you do that more, you get better visibility. And then let's say from visibility, you want to go to policy enforcement. You want to say, all right, I do have my IP phones uh, or I do have my printers or I do have my thermostats. I want to put them in different VLANs or I want to give a different access for them. And that's when you want to need to go and work along with ICE. Now you want to integrate the solution with ICE and say, Let, let's share all the context from here to ICE. And in ICE, let's, let's kind of go and write policies for it and enforce those policies in the network. So that's how it, it would work. And depending on that, it, it depends. Like, you know, what version of DNA center would you need? What version of ICE would you need? Uh, if it's CAT9K, if it's CAT9K, for example, you would need 17.2.1 and beyond. That, that's the software version you would need for DPI. Um, if it is ICE and DNA center integration, then it's ICE 2.4, 2.6, and 2.7. Um, there are different patch levels. You know, I, it's, it's part of our data sheet. Like, you know, what patch levels you need in order to have this integration with the DNA center. And even on DNA Center, it's uh, DNA Center version 2.1.1 uh, and beyond. That's what is supporting uh, the AI endpoint analytics solution, right? So yeah, it, it all depends. End of the day, what do you want to do? What do you have? And and you know how you want to kind of get get started. So obviously, artificial intelligence and machine learning in general, you know, take a lot of CPU, a lot of horsepower. Is this all mm. done on DNA Center on those appliances, or is this a separate appliance that kind of helps it, or is this all shoved into the cloud? Uh, that's that's a fantastic question. Yeah. So where do you get the horsepower from? Like you know, a uh, couple of things, right? One is the DNA Center is already a you know a massive platform. You know, it has so much of uh, horsepower built in it. Um, but what we really try to do is we go down, take a hybrid approach here, you know, just like the network analytics solution that we have for assurance. Uh, we do run our machine learning services uh, in the cloud, right? So what we do is we take this data, we anonymize it and share it with our cloud service. And there we perform the analytics and share the information back down to the on-prem deployments so that, you know, you, you can make sense out of it. So it's 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 a combined model. There are some activities that happens on the DNA center, and and a lot of the heavy lifting happens really on the cloud, right? So that's how we implement this um, solution. Yep. 
that was one of the the biggest concern like you know how do we run this and yeah that's that's how we ended up doing it and the solution is quite modular like and as you know we do have dna center today we also have a dna center cloud offering in 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 a limited availability so the solution can really you know kind of move across like you know right now we do have on the dna center get go and sit on the dna center cloud in the future so there'll be flexible consumption options you know going forward with the solution okay so i mean uh you know you talked about uh, deep packet inspection you talked about endpoint analytics and integration with ice to to be the policy enforcer so i mean i want to know if if you also have visibility into the kind of programs that uh the endpoint is running like maybe some blacklisted programs maybe maybe mm-hmm. a kalininox some proxy anonymizer that what mm-hmm. maybe a staff or or wherever wherever is on the endpoint that mm-hmm. uh, you don't want a, as a corporate organization can can ice can you i mean now now can, no, first question can you say it a second question mm-hmm. can you act mm-hmm. can you act on such on such endpoints based on the, the sort of softwares that, that they're running on on uh, on the endpoint then then as a follow-up to your last comment on on the cloud uh are you are you i mean you know that there are some sensitive data and maybe data privacy laws like financial transactions that you don't want to go into the cloud or, or into particular environments data needs to reside in a particular geographical space so how exactly does that come in how, how does that come in okay so I'll, I'll, let me try to answer the first question and we'll come back to the second one later um now first and foremost can can part of as part of our solution can see the applications that are running on the endpoint and and enforce policies on it right that that's the first question right john um so again couple of things here like what what we can do now we do have this this is something not new with ice like you know we do have the solution called posture service and we do have agent agent based posturing for a, for a while now with the latest version of ice ice 3.0 we support agent less posture as well so what we can essentially do is we can understand what is installed and what is running on an endpoint you know do you have firefox do you have chrome uh, do you have bitlocker do you have a specific version of java or flash we can get that kind of information out of endpoint and then you will have all of the data in one place so that you can look at it and say all right let me see how many endpoints in my network has a specific version of java or flash and if you don't want a specific version of you know software that that you think is vulnerable then you can go and enforce policies and say you know this kind of application i don't want on my network right the second thing is when we talk about application visibility it's also about let's see what kind of applications my devices access you know this is from from a network application perspective like you know what kind of um, let's say the services or applications that typically the endpoints access like are they doing a lot of facebook in the office time um, or are they accessing some of the office application like office 365 things like that and that's when the dna assurance comes into play and and gives you that kind of visibility and even for that solution we use the deep packet inspection service where we try to understand from the the layer 7 uh, payload of of the endpoints traffic and see what kind of what kind of uh, application this is the endpoint is trying to access so we try to give full picture here right so we are trying to understand what's in the endpoint and we also from an outside perspective we see like you know what this endpoint is trying to do in the network you know what they're trying to access um, right so it's 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 a combination of both john sorry remind me again what was the second question that you asked if if the first question you think is answered well yeah so yeah, yeah i'm fine with the first question no so second question was about 
you know you know uh ben asked about uh the the horsepower required to power these devices and you said you use a lot of like you get data from on-premise and send to the cloud for analysis then then send back the results and to ice for, for policy enforcement so i'm saying that their data concerns their concerns are around data going outside uh, a geographical space or going outside to the cloud so I'll, I'll, i mean i work in a financial institution so, so we have some very sensitive data that that shouldn't leave a geographical space so how exactly does that come in yeah so what we try to do there is we try to anonymize the data so if let's say that you 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 pick the the traffic that's going out to the cloud and see like you know what's really tra- what's really being shared from an on-prem deployment to the cloud service, you would really not be able to make any sense out of it because it's completely hashed out and you wouldn't understand what those, like, and then we also do not share um, the endpoint privacy information like the user ID or the MAC address or any of those information we, we do not share to the cloud service. What we essentially try to share is, you know, if the, I have a bunch of endpoints and I see a certain common attributes out of it. You know, that's what I share. And I get the information of saying if those attributes put together, does it make, make a, a particular device type? You know, is, is, is it a coffee machine or is it a printer that's connected out on your network you know, based on the attributes that we see? That's what the machine learning really tries to do from the cloud. So we don't really try to understand if it's, if it's coming from, and, if we, and then to an extent, we won't even know, like, you know, if it's coming from a particular, like, particular customer, right? Because all of those things are hashed out uh, when it when it reaches the cloud service, so yeah, the privacy is is a is a foremost consideration for us as we implement this solution. So we we have taken care of those those aspects, John. So are you are you also uh, able to tune the solution? So for example, if you know this device is a coffee machine or this machine is uh, something different, are you able to classify it and then? Uh, are you able to share the characteristics uh, back into the cloud? Yeah, so one of the advantage of doing machine learning and specifically on the cloud is it gives us an advantage where we can perform what we call crowdsourcing, right? So this is like uh, like going forward, let's say we'll have thousands of customers adopting the solution and then uh, there's a new, new new device type and it's it's on the network and we see it in multiple customer environments and and let's say most of the customers are classifying it into a common type right it's let's say that's as a, as a coffee machine and from a particular vendor and they give a label to it and this lab, we get this label information like okay, this device with so and so attributes is classified with so and so label and that information can be given as a suggestion or a recommendation to other customers that see the similar endpoint, you know, if, if you can't automatically classify it. So that's one of the biggest advantage of running it in the cloud and running the, the analytics in the cloud, right? So that's that's how it helps GJ. So, and are we also able to talk to it with a, an API? So for example, uh, if mm-hmm. I want to know if one of my customers has a bad coffee machine, I can query an API and fingerprint it. Yeah. So um, what we have, you know, if you, if you have looked at the the UI, and I'm sorry, we're doing a podcast, not a not a video demo. If not, I would have showed you a demo there. Um, <laughs> so when you get a recommendation from the machine learning service, you have an option. You know, just we, again, we try to simplify it or simplify it as much as possible. There's a thumbs up or a thumbs down button. Okay. So th- there's a there's a thumbs up button where you can say, yeah, the, you know, what you just said, coffee machine. I, I see that, yeah, it's a, it's a coffee machine, right? So you give a thumbs up. And 
And let's say that you get a coffee machine as a device type and you go and see there, and let's say it's, it's a printer out there and you made some mistake. You now you got something wrong. So you gave a thumbs down and then you, ha you have a small op, you know, a small uh, dialogue where you can specify like, you know, why do you think this classification is wrong? So you can, you can train the model. You can, you can give feedback to the model and say what you see is right or wrong, right? So thereby you, you help. Um, you help and you also get help uh, by by providing this feedback to the service, right? So that's that's what we're trying to do. And, then, and again, when you compare these things with what we offer with ICE profiling service today, as you can see, it's 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 um, significantly uh, different and enhanced. You know, in order to help you understand better about your endpoints in the network. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it sounds way more granular. Yeah, it is. It is. And you should really look at the UI uh, and and the workflows that we have. GJ, um, Ben, and John. Uh, it's it's really we we are really con consider the simplification aspect, and as I've said, working with thousands of customers with ICE ICE profiling, we have we have understood the pain points, and we try to solve that as much as possible. You know, with with the the new user interface that we have uh, in the solution. So, quick question, quick quick question, like, do, do you all have DNA centers uh, in your network, or like, <laughs> you know, is it something that you're planning to do some some time down the road? Like, you know, how how does it look like? Or I would I would have to take a step back and ask like do you have cat name case like no that that would be a better better question. Yeah, we do have a cat nine case uh, in place. We don't have DNA center yet, but we're planning on implementing it uh, at uh, one of our customers. Yeah, I mean, yep. for, for us we do have you know, a pilot of nine Ks, but uh, DNA center and a full switch over to the nine K platform is sort of a two to three year plan that still has to be developed. Sure. Now that's that's one of the consideration. Yeah. Go ahead, John. Okay. So 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 for us, I, 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 it's it's a it's a conversation that we're currently in. I mean, I, as the most I will be able to say, you know, I work in, I work in a financial institution. Uh, but I was I was going to ask. You know, I'm I'm very particular about. I mean, for 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 my job, I'm very particular about uh, guest devices. So I mean, like you know you know, I mean you get. You, they say it's BYOD, but it's bring your own demons. So, uh, so how how exactly can you help uh, in for for guest devices? I mean, the domain devices. I mean, you know, you have a lot of controls on domain devices uh, from a security standpoint. Uh, but for guest devices, so I mean, guest devices they, they have their own OS, they have their own applications. I mean, it's it's practically. Uh, the, the the person's laptop. So, how exactly can you help in 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 that regard? Yeah, John. Um, we we do have this is again not, nothing new. Uh, we do have really robust. No, I'm not. I'm not asking from the ice, uh, perspective. Uh -huh. I'm asking from the AI, AI analytics perspective. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so AI, AI endpoint analytics necessarily doesn't differentiate between uh, the guest users or BYOD or corporate devices. What it essentially does is it looks at anything that is touching your network. Okay, so anything that's on the wire or wireless um, network that outs there, it kind of tries to provide you the full picture about what is it, right? So that's that's what we're trying to do. Now, when you kind of trying to, as I said, that that's why I said you know you should you shouldn't look at it in isolation. When you bring in eyes together, that's when you kind of draw the full picture. You see that, oh, this endpoint with all these details I see, it's actually uh, employee's personal device. This endpoint with all these details that I see, it's it's actually a guest user's device, right? So that you get that information and based on that, 
you would want to go and enforce policies. You want to say, yeah, now let's say this is a guest user. It has to be in a completely separate network. Let's put it in a guest VLAN, right? If it's a car, it's a BYOD device, let's not give access to the corporate applications for all the corporate applications, but maybe some, some basic level of access. So that's how we would implement it, John. A while ago, Cisco acquired uh, a company that with a product that's now called CyberVision, which does uh, which feels like a similar gap, right? Uh, only for IoT. How does this compare? Does it extend? It yes, or? yeah, yeah. It's it's it, it complements. Um, so what we have is it's all it's it all depends on the the depth and uh, the expertise that you would need in order to deal with certain environments. Like typically what you see is AI endpoint analytics solution, again, meant for endpoint visibility and endpoint analytics is 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 generally used in the carpeted office and in those environments. And when you look at cyber vision, you typically use it in the the OT or the the manufacturing kind of an environment where the kind of device that you see is totally you know different than what you see in the IT IT space right so you would see a printer with surveillance cameras or if in a medical uh, environment you would see uh, the x-ray machines and ct scanners but if you look at what cybervision generally looks at and deals with is is all those um the plcs the the robots and others that are typically connected in a manufacturing floor right and there are synergies like CyberVision integrates with ICE, uh, the AI endpoint analytics in- integrates with ICE, and we can you know have a centralized policy management from ICE for both the the spaces, both your IT and OT world. That is that is anyways possible. So it's it's as I've said, it's it complements each other. It depends on where you want to deploy solution, and based on that you can go and pick and choose which one really makes sense for that environment. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I just want to confirm, uh, like this AI endpoint analytics, is it going to have its own dashboard? Is it going to have its own, its own GUI, you know, like where you centrally uh, manage it? Or is it going to come with, with, with DNAC? Or is it going to come with, with ICE? Or does it have its own separate GUI, you know, login where you will see all the beautiful stuff that, that, that you can see? Okay. Or, or you see it on ICE? Yeah. So yeah. So from an ad- administration or an operations perspective, where do I see this, right? So I would say I would let me put it in three places. You know, one, you can log into DNA Center, and DNA Center has a, a specific area within the policy section to go and do endpoint analytics. That's where you will be able to see. That's the native place where you will see all the the endpoints and all the details. And once you have the endpoint analytics, the DNA Center integrated with ICE, then all those endpoints that you have on the DNA center, you know, it will appear on your ICE, right? So if you go to your ICE dashboard, you look at the endpoints and everything, you can start seeing there and you can start building policies for it. And the third place I would say is you can also use APIs and you can you can leverage APIs. And if you have any of your orchestration platform, you can go and make API calls and see, you know, what's there out there in terms of the endpoints on the network, right? So yeah, there are, there are, there are multiple options for you to look at it. So the, the default location would be on the DNA center, but depending on where you want to kind of centralize your operations, you know, you you, you have flexibility where you want, wherever you want to do. Like I, I said about bringing the endpoint context into ICE and, and managing it there. That's one way of looking at it. The other way of looking at it is, um, again, this is something like a short roadmap thing, um, short-term roadmap thing. 
um, you, you'll be able to not only look at the endpoints on the DNA center, you should also be able to orchestrate the ICE authorization policies from the DNA center going forward, right? So that thereby the question is, do you want to put your operator in on ICE or do you want to put the operator within the within the DNA center, right? So it, it, it's pretty flexible in that context. So, so, so does, does this come like a separate offering with DNA center or, or is it a separate offering or it comes like with in, in a bundle with, with DNA center or is it a separate offering? Yeah, so in what 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 do we need to make it work, right? So if we have the Catalyst 9K platforms, and the reason I mentioned you have Cat9K is because the as you know, if you were to go with a Cat9K wired or wireless device, you'll have to go with um, um, a subscription along along with it, right? So if you go with the DNA Advantage subscription, um, that's what you need in order to use these this endpoint analytic solution on the DNA center. You need DNA center, you need Cat9K, the DNA advantage licensing, right? So that's that's what you would need. Um, and and for those part of your network where you don't have Cat9Ks, again, you would need the tra- traffic telemetry appliance. Again, the traffic telemetry appliance comes in a very similar licensing model like the Cat9K. So you have a hardware price and you have a DNA advantage licensing. You would you would go with that. And with that, you you essentially have what you need, right? So you have either the Cat9K or the telemetry appliance, you have the DNA center and the DNA center version, as I've said, 2113. Um, and with that, you should you should be able to enable that endpoint analytics package and and you can get going, right? So you can start seeing the endpoints that are connecting to your network. Oh, okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. Good, thanks for those questions, John. All right, this has been another great episode of Cisco Champion Radio. I wanna thank all of you for listening in today and a special thank you to our guest and our cisco champion host well done uh if you want to learn more about today's topic just click on the link provided in the description below just a reminder you can subscribe to cisco champion radio on your favorite streaming platform to get alerts on our latest releases so wherever you're listening to us make sure to hit that subscribe button now i hope you all enjoyed today's episode we'll see you next monday (laughs) 